Guys, when you think about it, Grandpa Joe is actually a decent, respectful human being. That's if you true. live in a fucking parallel universe where no one has any fucking morals or human decency. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shenantics, the podcast that people often describe as the three-piece suit. Nice and classy with M. Cole, Skanky, and the third piece being you. How are you doing this week, Skanky? Ciao, come stai? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I don't speak what pretty much anything. I <laughs> 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 don't even speak English. Yeah, I, 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 I struggle with the English language very often in my life. So. That's okay, I do too. I tried to do Duolingo a few times. Um, oh, me too. I really wanted to learn shit. I can't remember what it's called. Pulled out my Duolingo. Hold on. I'm going to tell you what language I wanted to learn. You're going to get a passive aggressive note on Duolingo that says, Hey, haven't seen you for a while. Oh, God. No, baby. No, I should have Where are this. you? Where have Where you been? You? Why are you not improving your life? Oh. That's the one app that always they send you the notifications on your phone being like, Why are you a failure at life? <laughs> it's true. It's like, I'm sorry, Duolingo. Open up my damn app. Like every I'm sorry, time, man. just love me. I promise I can be better. Um, mm, mm. It's not German, even though I like German too. Like I German. Want to German. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so the languages that are currently in my list of um <laughs> of uh Duolingo is German, okay, Spanish, French. Even sorry, though I wait, took Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I you said like Banish. No, 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 no. Like, Germans. What? German, Spanish, okay. French, even though I took seven years of French, um, <laughs> which also, let's talk about a real quick story about French. Is uh, So I took like French from sixth grade through senior year of high school. And then when I went to my undergrad, they you had to take language placement thing tests. Mm-hmm. So they knew where to place you in the language scale. And... I knew because I did my research ahead of time that I didn't need to do a language. With the business school, you could get your international credits by doing other stuff like study abroad or the path that I took, taking classes that covered international topics. And so I took the two actually, honestly, truly really good classes, but like applica- applicability, I don't know, is um, East Asia cultures and my favorite music of the world. And uh, uh. With Music of the World, he said, he was like, you can do one of two things. You can either show up to all the classes but one, or you can take the final. He's like, I don't care if you never show up to a class if you just want to take the final and get your grade. Or if you don't want to take the final, come to all the classes. I was like, I'm going to all these goddamn classes. <laughs> like, yeah, nice. I'm not taking this damn final. Um, Anyways, but so I was taking the placement things, and I was like, well, I don't need to take one. So it, it was kind of cathartic to be like, uh, after my senior year of high school, going into undergrad, like the summer before college, to be able to just take a scantron and just bubble in random bubbles and then yeah. walk out the door. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm like, like a minute, 30 seconds in, I stand up and hand them the paper. They look at me like, uh, are you sure? I was like, yes. Thank God that didn't backfire and I had to move to a different major that required a language. But yeah, that was, that was good. That was good. So I had to do uh, the same thing for, for my school. Oh yeah, we had to. We had to take. So I took like six years of Italian, mm-hmm. and um, I still don't really know that much Italian at all. Oh, yeah. And I, 
well, when we when I got to school, I had to you know take the language placement test. But mm -hmm. I did my research too and found that I didn't even need to take a language or anything related yeah. to a language in my school. <laughs> so it was my last test of the day. So I just guessed on everything and and <laughs> everyone else it. did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think there was one other person <laughs> who I actually wanted to take a language. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if they um if they used that data to kind of apply to other things? They're like, ooh, language language teaching in the, you know, K through 12 in America is really bad because everyone that gets to undergrad can't get, like, a 10% right like, uh -huh. on, on the exam. It's just, like, all these random bubbles filled in, so... Oh man, no, I love that. I love that. My one of my favorite things about um one of my favorite stories um uh, about language classes. Have you ever seen that was it Brett Krushmeyer with his Russian language um class that he took? Uh wait, is that the one where the, he goes to Russia? Yeah, the machine. Yeah, yeah. I love that video so much. Hey, wait, is that the one where he's like he he goes on the train? Yes, yes, yes. The yes. Russian mob. Yes, yeah. That's the yeah. one. I, that's uh, a good. That's a good video. That is a good video. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a link in the show notes. You guys should check it out. It is really freaking funny. It's, it's very funny. It's very funny. Um. Anyways, but my last uh, Duolingo language, because I'm one weird ass motherfucker. I uh. I really wanted to learn Esperanto. And what the hell is that? So, Esperanto. Esperanto it, sounds like a type of wine you'd have. It's a, it's actually no, I feel like I sound you know what Esperanto to me doesn't sound like wine. It sounds like like my trusty steed. Esperanto, come to me. I'll be okay. right there, madam. <laughs> well, when Red Dead Redemption Two comes out, you can name your horse Esperanto. I think. Uh, I, I I think. Uh, isn't hold on, hold on. Esperanto. Uh, 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 never mind. Never mind. I was trying to figure out why I thought Esperanto was a horse name. Anyways, um, but no, Esperanto is uh, invented language that with the idea behind it is that it was going to be like the one unifying language of the world type thing. Like that was the goal of it. And it was like, if we were to create a language from the ground up, like what would you want to borrow from other languages to like make it good like obviously english like especially english grammar has so many inconsistencies and problems and weird rules that it's like it's this weird complicated language and um english is notoriously difficult to learn and so it's like it's like all right what would we if we wanted to create a language like what are we going to create and esperanto was um one that someone came up with um to kind of create so that everyone in the world ideally could all learn Esperanto and speak as one world. One cool thing about it, one of the reasons I wanted to learn it, other than that I'm like an against-the-grain hipster about this, is that uh, apparently there's a kind of a cool network of people that speak Esperanto um, like across the world and especially across the United States and so like if you were traveling to like a different city like you might be able to make connections just on the fact of like meeting other people that speak Esperanto because like groups get together because not everybody and by not everybody, I mean, there's very few people that speak this language. Uh -huh. um, and so, like, there's groups that get together because they want to be able to speak Esperanto to other people. And so, they kind of, you know, get together, almost kind of like a Toastmasters type group where, like, 
people go to practice public speaking. Um, Same thing with like Esperanto. And there is like this weird like network of people across the United States. And so if it was like, oh, I'm going to New York, like, let me see if I can meet up with other people that speak Esperanto. Um, Kind of like how we have other things. Like if I'm going to New York and I have friends from that I've met through Twitch on there, I can go hang out with them. But uh, so my ideal thing before I met anyone on Twitch was to meet Esperanto speakers across the United States. So that's maybe the geekiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Are you surprised? I, I'm pretty sure that this is, I mean, they even have a flag, an <laughs> Esperanto flag. Yes. This oh. was created a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's not, it's not a new thing. 1887. Yeah. I, uh, oh gosh. You know, the, the one other thing that, okay, this is terrible, but. I'm a very practical man. There was a very long time, um, and by long time, I mean starting in undergrad, where I really wanted to learn American Sign Language for the sole f- two reasons that I wanted to learn American Sign Language. And also, I wanted all my friends to learn American Sign Language so that we can communicate in a very loud bar to each other um, mm-hmm. without being like, oh, I can't hear you. We could just like sign to each other. But then also, I always thought it was really cool. One thing I really wanted to like learn a language, like, and another reason I want to learn Esperanto is it's really cool to learn a niche language that not everyone knows because then you can talk shit about people without them knowing, right? Like with like sign language or Esperanto, like granted, there's a lot more people that know sign language than Esperanto. But um, but like with sign language, it'd be cool to just be able to like sign over to a friend across the like, room being like look at this mofo blah 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 look I don't at know. this mofo <laughs> anyways uh and also i really like the uh the um the sign for bullshit is possibly my favorite sign in the entire world uh-huh i always wanted to learn american sign language i did too we should learn and then next like time very we hang out we can we can sign to each other yeah yeah i think that'd now be fun. i also learned that google translate has um esperanto so if you uh you know wanted to know how to say look at this mofo in esperanto it is regardu chi tuan mofon perfect perfect i love it i think i learned the word for boy man woman child girl and that's it all right what's boy I don't remember. Oh, so, it's, God, it's I've, I've, learned, I've learned nothing from Esperanto. That Canabo. I'm, I'm, oh, that actually sounds familiar. You're Girl right. is Canabino. Canabino. Yeah, and I think that part of it is, is like the if, for things that are supposed to have a masculine feminine thing, like then you always have like the same suffix of the word. I believe. Uh-huh. I don't know. All right, intros. We're gonna we're doing it right now. All right, Esperanto. Translate the sentence. Ni minestas adamao. Hello, how are you? All right, we can no longer. I think you and I should learn a language together. (laughs) Dude, I am very inconsistent with me learning a language. Yeah, me too. I am like terribly inconsistent. Do you think that there is. Outside of like the very obvious reason to communicate with other people, do you think there's a practical or good reason to learn a foreign language? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that there's studies that show that if you know other languages, then you're using other parts of your brain that you wouldn't otherwise. Mm-hmm. See, I always just thought that was bullshit that my French teacher told me. 
Like I think that's actually true. <laughs> I, 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 I'll believe you. I don't know if I believe her, but I'll believe you on this one. But what I found is that I just can't learn a language, so my brain must just be weak in those areas, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, I think... <laughs> I, I I also I I'm so bad at it. And I, I agree on the same way. I think my brain's weak in those areas, but I've also seen something else or read something else on the internet, so it must be true about how it's easier to learn a language if you were started if you started earlier yes. in life. Like is anyone like kids that grow up in a bilingual family um have a much easier time, regardless of like me and them have very similar brains and learn the same way, they're still gonna have an easier time picking up additional languages outside of the two languages they learned at home. Yeah, well, if you're if you are only brought up with the one scenario of only speaking one language, then mm-hmm. it's very difficult to actually comprehend speaking anything else. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. so it, it's something that you have to kind of get used to. Yeah. But for mm-hmm. people who already know two languages when they first grow up, I mean, they they already know how to process those new languages. It's it's not that it's not as difficult. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, I I totally get that. Yeah. I, I get that. I get. Yeah. That. I uh, when I was an undergrad, I took a linguistic anthropology course, which oh my was God, that uh, sounds so hard. It was actually really difficult, <laughs> and I yeah, <laughs> taken it. I had to take it for my minor, which was in anthropology. Mm-hmm. But um, it was uh, actually really interesting because you you go into um you know languages that aren't really around anymore, but like mm-hmm. how are people still trying to use them and revitalize yeah. them and stuff? Yeah, and um. My grandmother is originally from Italy. Like mm-hmm. it was where she she was born, and she is from an area of Italy where she doesn't speak the Italian language, but mm-hmm. speaks a dialect of it. And um, there's not many people like left in that area that still speak that dialect. So oh, there's like, um, you know, and and no one's learning it right mm-hmm. because yeah. there's no reason to teach it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because all these young kids are like moving out of the cities and and speaking full Italian and mm-hmm. not you know the the whatever the you know before. So it's just kind of interesting, you know. To, you don't that really think really of language like that. You yeah, know? yeah. No, that is that is really really interesting. Because we're just a couple of simple English boys. <laughs> <laughs> true, it's true. We're learning our own dialect. I feel like a lot of times I truly feel like with the crap that we learn on the internet for good or for bad i feel like we are learning like a dialect of the english language from the internet like we well really i mean you could from a linguistic anthropology sense mm-hmm. you could consider language used on twitch to be its own kind of vernacular you yeah know? No, like I, I kappa truly, emo- yeah. emotes and things like that and yeah. saying manka s when you're nervous is all things that constitute language in some way mm-hmm. you know yeah. If you didn't, if you weren't on the Twitch platform, you would never use those terms because you wouldn't know what yeah. they mean. Yeah, no, that's so. Is there's true. a barrier to entry. Mm, Damn, shit's yeah. getting deep now. But yeah, there's yeah, a barrier of entry to getting onto Twitch to knowing like that you need to use those specific phrases. Mm-hmm. Man, very cool. Um, I have a okay between you and me. No one else is going to hear this. No one else hears it. Yeah, cut this out of the podcast. Got it. What is anthropology other than a store <laughs> so what is what is anthropology you're, you're asking legitimately what anthropology yes right? i have no okay, idea okay, okay. That's like, fine, it's that's one of those fine. things it's one of those things i feel like i hear all the time but i'm that's not fine. sure 
Okay. Because like right. I think for me, anthropology is like I think every time I hear it, my mind just goes to bones. Like I feel like I confuse it the archaeology, mm-hmm. and I don't know. No. Okay. Well. Okay. So anthropology simply is just the study of people. It's okay. it's it's how people live their lives and mm-hmm. their cultures. So when I was in school, I I did a minor in cultural anthropology, which has a focus on how you observe culture mm-hmm. and and what how does it develop and how does it how do the traditions keep going on, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the one of the main like ways anthropology kind of works is through watching people of a culture and studying what exactly they they do. So it's like mm-hmm. it's actually like a scientific method of being an anthropologist. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was so long ago. But they have a specific kind of um like it's called like witness something. So like you you need to be engulfed in a in a culture to figure out what it's like. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like Back in the old times where, you know, people like maybe from Britain or something were like trying to go to other cultures and and studying them, you know? Mm -hmm. So you hear like, oh, we're going to go into the middle of the rainforest and find some people who have never spoken to other people before. Mm -hmm. So there would be some guy who would go out and he would live with those people for years Mm -hmm. and just write about everything that they do and when Mm -hmm. they wake up and, you know, every little thing you would have to, you would have to go over yeah and that's how you learn about how people live and what this actually sounds really cool to me yeah no it it is really interesting and there there are a lot of different capacities within anthropology i took a course my final year on anthropology and food Mm -hmm. oh wow that'd be really cool so like how do you what do you eat and why do you eat that and Mm -hmm. what makes you think that food is healthy or not healthy or Mm -hmm. Where, like, if you're growing your own food and you're eating it, like, you know where that stuff is coming from. Yeah. But you go to the supermarket and you buy, like, random shit. Like, and if I ask you what farm that came from, you have no idea. So there's these different ideas about culture and food and how you eat and all that stuff. It's very interesting. That's really cool. That is really cool. The, the the thing like this makes me want to go back to school. Like just even like night. Like I really wish it was, and maybe it is, and I'm just ignorant. But like I really wish it was easier to just go back and take like select individual just courses of things that you're interested in, right? Mm-hmm. Like like especially living in like a city, right? Like living in New York, living in Chicago. It's like there we're surrounded by great schools. It'd be cool if I could just like be like you know contact like like DePaul and be like in Chicago and be like hey like, yo <laughs> I want to take I all I heard about anthropology on this podcast called Shenantics and by the way it's, give it a listen <laughs> give it a listen rate it five stars <laughs> five star review you can find it on the iTunes store Google Play store website and our website also <laughs> at Spotify um, but like, be like I, you know it's interesting I think that's interesting can I take an intro or a survey class for anthropology like I think it'd be so cool to kind of like do it like they don't I don't think they necessarily have an incentive to do that because they want people in their degree programs they don't want to take up spaces and classes but um, I don't know. That'd be that'd be so fun. I think I had my, the... um. I'm trying to think. My maybe I think it was my final semester. Mm-hmm. We had actually a group of like you know older people mm-hmm. who who wanted who, who were in um 
my specific professor was for my political science minor, mm-hmm. and they, uh, you know, they would allow them to come into class and like sit there and just like hang out. Mm-hmm. And I think they used to like just pay for the class or whatever. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. And I think cool. you can probably do that, to be honest. Like, you could probably just pay for a class and and see if you could do it. You know, I don't see why not. Yeah, I'm. I'm it might be something I look into like late next year because the. the I also had the same thought when I had finished law school because my last, my third year of law school, my last year of law school, I was taking classes to kind of round out my credits and requirements. And so I was focusing on what is a cool area of law that I wouldn't be practicing. And I was learning a lot of just cool stuff that's like, I'm interested in law. Like that's why I want to be a lawyer, but there's areas that I'm never going to practice in, but like I want to know more about just because I think law is interesting, right? So, like, when I took, sure. like, a conflicts of law class where it's, like, how do we kind of work it out when different states have different laws that conflict with each other and all that kind of stuff. And it was just such a cool, like, especially from the mental exercises, such a cool class to take. And at the end of it, right before I was about to ta- uh, graduate and take the bar, I was thinking, I was like, it'd be really cool to come back to law school and survey classes without any pressure, right? And be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really interested in criminal procedure. I'm never going to do criminal law this isn't really anything to help me further my career but just the fact that i think criminal procedure is interesting i want to come back and be able to sit like in the back row and like not have to do homework or take exams but just learn about criminal procedure because i think that would be interesting um the same thing with this like i think anthropology would be that'd be a cool thing to go back and just at least take a survey class on so Honestly, you could probably fucking sneak in there. Like no one's gonna right? know. So, like if the so class true. is big enough, like it's so who true. cares? Like no yeah. nobody would know if you snuck in. That is the nerdiest rebellion ever. Like I stole education. <laughs> I, went I to am a class an I never registered team. for. In a college I never registered for or got into. Yeah, like oh my god. It's a- Something else that might interest you too. You know, mm-hmm. Harvard actually puts a lot of their classes online. I did see. I did. I, they've been doing that for like quite a, a while few years, now. They? Yeah, a while now. Yeah, so I think you I remember just seeing it before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just do that. Like, I just love learning. I really do. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think that a lot of us are that way, which is why, and we don't necessarily realize it. But like, is it's part of the reason that I feel like so many people fall down like w- Wikipedia rabbit holes. And mm-hmm. just like, you're like four hours later, you're like, I am now an expert on the, you know, the World's Fair in Chicago and how <laughs> I'm literally speaking from experience from this week. I've learned about the World's Fair in Chicago more detailed than when I read uh, Devil in the White City. But I learned about that and how it sprung up the Art Institute of Chicago and the Field Museum and the Museum of Science and Industry. I went down a lot of freaking tangents on that one. Wow, okay. Um, which then led me to the Chicago flag, which I wanted to learn about the different stars on the Chicago flag and what they represent. And then there was another world's exposition that I didn't even know happened, um, like the exposition of like science and progress. And so I was reading. Uh, it, was, it, it was it was a lot of hours this week was wasted on. Yeah, pointless. pointless I love things. that stuff. I love going on Wikipedia oh, hall I do and too. figuring out shit. I do, too. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Um Back to me being super ignorant, and you might actually not know the answer to this, but maybe you do. Okay. Okay. What is the difference between anthropology and sociology? 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 Yeah, that one. What's the difference between those two? What is the actual... 
Okay, so it's the sociology is the study and development, the study of the development structure and functioning of the human society. Okay. And anthropology is the study of human societies and cultures and their development. <laughs> that sounds like the exact same sentence with words so, mixed around. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Sociology. Uh, so what happens is, so anthropology. I, I need to like look this up. Okay. How to <laughs> hold on. Also, poor Skanky here is like he's like I walked into Kirkcourt Genetics. I got grilled no, no, my I, minor from undergrad. <laughs> I know. I know it's my minor too, not even my major. Yeah, right. But it's it's uh, there is a specific process. Okay. In anthropology, that defines it differently. Okay than sociology and it, it's the it's the way you actually conduct um your research mm-hmm. okay that okay. i'm trying to remember slash look up right now and it's <laughs> google really, very quickly <laughs> yeah um uh, I have that minor, by the way. I got it, so you know, I'm just you know I'm figuring it out right now. Uh, I mean, the only thing that would be worse, the only thing that would be worse is if you had a minor in anthropology and sociology. And you're oh like, yeah, yeah, that would be bad. Actually, That'd I did not so... do a minor in in sociology. Oh goodness, it was be... political oh, science. So I'm sorry, I'd be dying. So sorry. There's um, something. Oh, ethnography is that what it is? Hold on, let me look. Up. I've I've never even heard of ethnography. Okay, ethnography. It's either based on um, ethnicity or ethics. Okay, so ethnography is what's within anthropology, and it's the systematic study of people and cultures. Mm-hmm. So it's that is how you. It, it is a, it is like your procedure for your mm-hmm. experiment okay. in in observation, not experiment, observation. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. uh, there's still another thing that I need to remember that I can't remember off the top of my head, but you you create an ethnography. That's kind of like the general thing that you're doing. Okay. Compared cool. to sociology, I don't know what they do in sociology. Yeah, who knows? Not that, you know, I don't whatever. think they know either. I don't think so either. Um, one thing, kind of a, an interesting segue. I, I did not think of plan this at all um but <laughs> do no, I, I honestly <laughs> i did not plan the anthropology but i was planning to talk about this uh second part um is that speaking of like uh things about like cultures and stuff like that um did you see in like the i would say what did when did it happen 10 10 that's like what a week and a half ago um it's my mom's birthday oh really yeah oh really very cool well happy birthday mama skanks no problem um i'll tell her so Skanky's no an Italian like name is, is what you tell me, right? That, yes. That's what I got like from Grandma Skanks, like brought it over from mm-hmm. from yeah. Italy for you guys. It's, it's uh, generational. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, a long, no, but lo- a long <laughs> never mind. Go on. <laughs> Did you see the uh the thing with the Banksy painting? Yes, I did. So do you wanna do you wanna describe or do you want me to describe what happened in case people have no idea what the hell we're talking about? Yeah, I can describe it. Okay. Right after this yawn. Okay, uh, so what happened was Banksy, uh, in his typical fashion, was going to be um, selling a painting, Mm -hmm. uh, one of his more famous paintings, too, Mm -hmm. um, of the girl holding the balloon, I think, right? Yeah, like uh, she lets it go or whatever, doesn't have it. uh, He uh, had made also the uh, frame. 
mm-hmm. of the painting, and they were auctioning it all off. And right after the winning bid was announced, For like the, two two million or something like that. It was pretty expensive. Yeah, it yeah. was like a mil, two mil. And um, the painting, the 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 frame, like popped up, and the painting went through a shredder, like mm-hmm. halfway through, mm-hmm. to, to like shred the painting. And uh, everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like the videos were actually really funny from it. It was, and, it was uh, it yeah, was it was cool. kind of cool. It was, it was, it was really cool. And so uh, he had posted, or they, we don't, I don't know anything about Banksy because they're anonymous. Um, it's a he. But it is yeah. a he. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, he posted. I part of me thinks that Banksy could just. It's not like any specific person. It's like just a group of people. Mm-hmm. Like we are Banksy. Like there is no one Banksy. Like uh-huh. it's just like like let's say it's like a group of like five people and they kind of do this all together and it's like Banks refers to all of them, but like none of us know that because they're anonymous. It could um, po- be possible. Yeah. 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 Like I I, mean, I truly also believe that if. Banksy is one person. He has people that assist him. Um, he does in creating his art. Um, he does, yeah, but I, I don't. know. I really love what Banksy does, and this was so. Banksy had posted the video to his Instagram account. Uh, there'll be a link of it in the show notes for those of you guys that haven't seen it because it is really kind of pretty cool. Um, and it's a it's a cool like art demonstration that like because a lot of Banksy's things like kind of comment on things about that they're going on around the world right like um a lot of his art is like kind of provocative about various things that are happening um and this one in itself like not even just the the picture itself or the painting itself the art itself but just the demonstration of shredding it was kind of like saying like a kind of like speaking about you know just the idea of selling art for millions of dollars, right? Like, and it was kind of like, all right, the winning bid, $1.4 million. Great. You won this, but here you go. Now we're going to destroy this, this, this art, right? It's kind of, it's kind of like a comment on like the art world and art buying in general, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now did was... you, did you know that he, uh, originally wanted the, the painting to be completely destroyed? So, we a really cool thing on that is um, uh-huh. I, I truly wanted to talk about this last week, but I completely forgot about it. And there was this Twitter thread um, that I, there'll be a link in the show notes for anyone that's interested in it. Um, but it was uh, by this gentleman named Andrew block. And he was talking about why he believes um, Sotheby's was in on Banksy destroying the painting. Um, and this was before the more recent news, which is in reference partly to what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to talk about this last week, but then more information came out between that. And so just to kind of summarize Andrew's like thinking about it is that um, that the auction house would has like a duty to kind of like inspect like the frame and the art and there's insurance involved. And like, there would be tons of people that would have to look at this thing and how, if it's battery powered, like if it sits in a warehouse for like a couple of years or even a couple months, like how do you know that the battery is still charged and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the fact that the painting was only half shredded is like, Oh, that like is meant to make it more valuable in and of, of itself because now you can reframe the half done half shredded painting 
um, which is now kind of envelops the entire thing that went on, which is the irony of it all is that he went to, to destroy the painting and probably made it more valuable <laughs> in the process. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. But so there's this entire um, thread about it. And then uh, a few days after that, Banksy posted another thing uh, to uh, his website and to his Instagram, his Instagram linking back to the website that showed like the director's cut footage of or, or whatever. And him uh-huh. saying that the auction house, first of all, was not in on it. And second of all, what you were saying that the entire thing was supposed to be shredded. And he, he made the comment. He's like, he's like, every time we tested this, it shredded the entire thing. And of course, when we try to do it live, it only shreds half of it. Uh-huh, so, yeah. It, which part of my thinking, like looking back on this thread combined with that additional information that maybe has something to do with the battery right like the battery would, some of the charge yeah. would have discharged and it maybe didn't have enough power to shred the entire thing and that wasn't tested or something but i don't know i thought it was i thought it was a really i just thought it was a really kind of it was an interesting piece like if you consider the entire thing everything that happened as its own art i think that was a really interesting art piece and demonstration by banksy i just it was kind of it was it was fun and i do think it was it was kind of thought-provoking and makes you think about it a bit so absolutely have you ever seen uh or have i ever mentioned before banksy's documentary oh Exit. i've watched it i love Exit it to the gift shop it's so yes, good right absolutely i think is it still on netflix i think i watched yes, it on netflix the first it's time. still on netflix it should be i think still on netflix it, it was been it's been so long since i watched it but um i strongly like if i don't so i don't remember a bunch of the specific details but i remember after i watched it i was a very happy that i did and it's also thought thought provoking in itself of some of the things that happen and some of the things about the piece overall like the mm-hmm. entire documentary. So yeah, the um, whole piece is an art form. Yeah, yeah, really. no, absolutely. So it's a, it's all the whole. I like to, I like it because the whole documentary is a piece by Banksy. That's mm-hmm. it's cool. It's really yeah, cool. it is really cool. So I I, I second Skinky's thing of that. Absolutely, do go, go watch, watch that. Go watch. It's on Netflix. So. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. If not, I don't know. Internet. Uh, go watch it somewhere else. Go watch. <laughs> go watch yeah. it somewhere else. Yeah, idiots. We... Actually, it might even be available. Maybe I watched it on YouTube the first time. Really? I feel like I feel like somewhere I watched it, it was like a weird thing where it's like cause maybe I don't I don't know. I don't know. I watched it full length somewhere on the internet. So the gift shop question mark. Watch the entire thing. I don't think it's on no, it's not on um Netflix anymore. Come on, how do we watch it? They have another one called Saving Banksy. How to watch exit through the gift shop? Google. Gotta go on leaving. Deadline, baby. That's the that's the website. Oh, it's on Hulu. Oh, it is. Maybe. It's on YouTube for a dollar ninety nine. Amazon Prime for a dollar ninety nine. It's like everywhere for like a buck or two. So go spend the two dollars and watch it somewhere. It's really good. Very good. So, hashtag what? recommend. Hashtag shenanigans. I'll try to come up with an S word that means approve. <laughs> it didn't work. One, it didn't it's work. fine. It's a good movie. Go watch it. It, it is a good movie. <laughs> um, speaking of good movies, I have a new. Okay. So are you sitting down? Yes. Okay. I have a new best friend. I don't know if it's a best friend. Whoa! I have a new. I have a new child. I have a new Wait, family. I have on. new These someone. A lot, there's a lot of things. What? I have a new. So I have, have a, a new, child. I have a new, well, like a Dodger, I kind of consider like my child, right? Like as like a single gentleman living in the city and with a dog, like the dog is my child, right? Like okay, kind of, okay. I don't know. Um, but 
he's he's had a rough week in that he's been competing for my attention with the newest member of our family. Skinky. I bought Wait. a Roomba. And it's amazing. And I feel like Is I have... Is it actually good, though? I have a connection to this, this robotic device... Okay, hold on, hold on. ...that I feel like is maybe unhealthy. Well, that's a little disturbing. Um... <laughs> I want to know, do you like the Roomba just because it's a Roomba or because it actually cleans your house? Okay, so first of all, it's not a Roomba because I'm a cheap asshole. <laughs> it's so you bought okay, so you bought a third-party Roomba, like, no, no, a, I, like a black market Roomba. No, I, I recommend I bought the one that was recommended by the wire cutter, um, which is they recommend Roomba if you want like the step up and spend a lot of money. Um, but the uh, which one is mine? I don't even know because I call him Bernard. Um, <laughs> you gave him a name. He is part of my family. It's the Eufy Robovac 11S, um, and he is he's 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 something else. Um, so back to your original question: Do I like it because it's a robot vacuum, or do I like it because it actually cleans? And so the reason why I went and actually picked up one is because I was reading some articles about what is the best vacuum for pet hair. So if you like, and Dodger sheds more than like I. I pick up more pet hair that, like, I don't even know how he has hair on him still. Like, there's so much goddamn pet hair across my entire house. And uh, I also don't like vacuuming <laughs> or cleaning. And so I was reading this, all, all these articles about what is the best vacuum for pet hair. And they all kept coming back to the same thing that they recommend for pet owners. They recommend robot vacuums. And the reason being is that the biggest the biggest factor in comparison uh, like fighting against like the buildup of pet hair across your house is that you have to vacuum very regularly because a dog is constantly shedding. And the nice thing about a robot vacuum is that you can easily vacuum like three or four times a week or every day if you want um, by just setting its schedule or turning it on when you leave the house. And then the thing bumps around your house and picks up all the hair. And so I've had it for about a week now and I can totally tell you totally worth it it has picked up so much damn dog hair from the house and i have it set that like when i walk out of the house uh, to go to work also my poor dog is like at home all this robots like invading everything oh um, my god it's probably terrified no no he's he, he it was okay so me and dodger and bernard have had an interesting kind of getting to know each other week so when i first started it so the first three times that I used it, I used it when I was home with Dodger because I was thinking this thing like poor dog. I don't want to be traumatized. Right. And so when it first started and it was moving around the house, which also side note, it's mesmerizing to watch this damn thing. Like there's very many times there was one day I was late to work because I was watching the, the robot vacuum just bounce around my room. Um, but the first, I, I know, <laughs> I know. But the first time I launched it, like Dodger's like, we can't leave the room that this thing is in. So it's stand in the room. It would, he would stand in the room that Bernard's vacuuming and watch Bernard. And when Bernard would go under the table, because I don't think the um, that dogs have like the full spatial awareness or whatever, what our 
permanence or whatever, the thing that babies don't have, right? If an object isn't in your sight line, it is gone. Um, and so it would go under the table and it would pop back out and you'd freak out that all of a sudden the thing is back. Um, and you'd like bark at it every once in a while. And so it started off that way. And then by like the second time, I would go and take a shower and he would be like fine leaving it. But like when he would go back in the room that it was in, he would be very cautious about it. And then got to by the third time where he just didn't give a shit. Like the, the freaking robot vacuum would bump into him and he would look at it and then like look back at me and the thing would go on its like on its way and so um he's him and bernard they tolerate each other i would say um but i think i just still a little put off with the fact that there's another thing that moves around the house when i'm not there um not to share too much did i ever tell you this story about my dog and invaders into my house Okay, this is a very <laughs> overwhelming, everything that's happening. Okay, I've, I've not heard this story, no. There's just a lot happening right now. I know, I'm sorry. Um, so I have a, I have a camera uh, system set up in my house, so that way I can see like when people come to let Dodger out or like anything that's happening. And my landlord called me one day because they need to come in and they oh, need... Oh, I think you did tell me this story. <laughs> I don't know if I said it on Shenantics, so we're going to tell a story on Shenantics. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so my landlord called me and they're like, we need to come into your apartment later because we need to fix something for you. And I was like, that's fine, like... I'm not going to be home. I was like, my dog will be home, but like, it shouldn't be a problem if you guys don't mind it. Like, no, then I'll be fine. So they come in later, like sometime in the afternoon, my phone notifies me that someone has, that the camera has detected activity. I was like, oh, my landlord's there. So I was like, you know, but let's pull it up and see what they're doing. So I pull up the feed and you see my landlord and some other man that was going to fix the thing walk into my apartment Dodger is sitting on the couch as these two random strangers come into my apartment and he doesn't even raise his head. He doesn't get off the couch. He does nothing. As these people are like wandering through my apartment to fix things, he's like, whatever, dude. <laughs> you guys are clearly welcome here. People I've never met before in my entire life. Um, fast forward a year later, the gas company had to come in to replace my gas meter that's located in my apartment. And Dodger was in the bedroom sleeping on the bed. And again, I get the notification from the camera that there's activity that was detected. The gas person was in my apartment for like an hour and a half and Dodger never left the bedroom to come <laughs> see what the hell was going on. He, was he just, just doesn't like, care, man. No, he doesn't give a shit like at all. This is probably not a good thing to be telling the internet that like my guard dog is the worst guard dog in all of not every dog needs to be a guard dog okay it's true it's true um but uh yeah so that's i don't know how i got back to that oh yeah so i was saying like when dodger's at home with this moving robot he probably doesn't care because he doesn't even care if random strangers come into my apartment so um but no him and him and the roomba i think i've gotten along well and my apartment at least my floors this week, because it's been running every day, um, have been cleaner than they've been in uh, since I've lived here. I think I don't think they've ever been this clean. Hmm. And but but back to your original point, because I think your original point is correct in that I don't think it's cleaner than if I use a full powered vacuum on my entire apartment. Um, if I went through and I vacuumed everything, I think the apartment, the floors would be cleaner and it would pick up stuff that the Roomba or the robot vacuum isn't picking up. But just yeah. by the mere fact that it's doing it every day, it's picking up the the dog hair and like just the general big things that you would notice. Right. So it's not yeah, as yeah. clean as it could be, but it's clean enough that it, my place looks nicer. So, oh, OK, well, I guess that's good. 
Yeah. I always thought those Roomba things did a half-assed job and just kind of like roamed mm-hmm. around because people thought it was n- like a novelty. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, uh, it finally, it finally by today's Sunday, um, yesterday afternoon, because like Friday and Saturday, I was actually running it twice. I ran it in the morning, then I ran it when I got home. By Saturday afternoon, it finally, there wasn't additional dog hair in the tray anymore. Like there was some, oh, that's good. but there like wasn't huge chunks anymore. And I think part of it was also like it goes to places I don't vacuum. Like it goes underneath my bed. Oh yeah, and it's like sure. I, I I vacuum underneath my bed like once every six to seven months if I do that. Like so, I think part of it's picking is picking up that stuff. But like it gets under the tables and all that kind of thing. So it's uh it's it's doing it's doing a good enough job that I don't think it's just a novelty. I think it's uh it's worth keeping around for me. Oh well, that's good. I'm happy for you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, me, and your, Bernard, and Dodger. Your new we're... family member. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's been good. Bernard. It's been good. So, I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna keep him. I think I'm gonna keep him. Now I gotta you I do. gotta remember when his birthday is. Like I celebrate his birthday. You should get one of those Amazon Echo, the small ones, and then <laughs> tape it to the top of Bernard and rename it Bernard, and then call out to it. That'd be awesome. I don't think I should have another Amazon Echo in my house. Do you have a lot of them? I have. I have, I have. I have a pretty small apartment. I have. I have echoes in every essential room. There's one in the fam living room. There's one in my bedroom, and there's one in the bathroom. Damn. And so the only room that's not in is in the kitchen, which is connected to the living room. So wow. yes, the, I got full coverage on my listening AIs. That's kind of cool, though, but also kind of <laughs> creepy. Yes. That's kind of cool, though. Maybe, no? But kind of, yeah, creepy. It is It is a little creepy. Um, Amazon probably knows way too much about me. Jeff Bezos, like, it goes straight to his house, you know? Yeah, I mean... You ever hey. see Bruce Almighty? Uh, yes, but not for a long time. Only, the only thing I remember about Bruce Almighty is when he, like, takes his clothes off by, like, swinging his arms back. <laughs> yes! Okay, well, there's a there's a scene where he wakes up the next day and he just yeah. keeps hearing prayers yeah. in his head. And remember, he he also makes like a he has like a he puts all his prayers through like an email system mm-hmm. to try to go through all the prayers. Yeah. But um, so that's what I uh, that's what I think is happening with Jeff Bezos. Like he just wakes up in the morning and like his Amazon Echo is just like showing him conversations happening like all around the world <laughs> from his Amazon Echo. Oh, I love that. God, that's funny. What if uh, he didn't have an Amazon Echo because he thought that there might be a privacy concern? <laughs> I mean, it's the same reason why I think I'm pretty sure um, uh, Zuckerberg doesn't use Facebook. <laughs> like, <laughs> so his information doesn't get hacked? Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like, I don't want anyone to have this much information about me. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Goodness, that's depressing. <laughs> that is very depressing. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I... I I don't know. I wonder if I truly actually, now that you bring up, I truly wonder if uh, Jeff Bezos actually uses the uh, Amazon ecosystem. I don't hmm. know. I don't know. Because also, I think there's two reasons why I'm curious about it. Because I think with, if you compare Amazon to, let's say, Apple, at least Apple under Steve Jobs, right? Like, I feel like, and if I remember correctly, Steve Jobs was kind of green light or veto everything that was there if he didn't see value in it it wasn't going to go forward um 
and I don't think Amazon necessarily works the same way. And so I could see that the you know Echo team and the entire ecosystem kind of came out from maybe something within Amazon that wasn't directly you know dictated by Jeff Bezos. And mm-hmm. so it could be one of those things that like unlike where it'd be like, oh, Steve Jobs, he should be using that because that's something that he thinks is valuable and that he greenlighted. I can say that Jeff Bezos would have no fingerprints on this, any of that at all. And so I guess the point is, does he think there's value in doing it? And is it something that he believes that Amazon should be doing? Um, and then because I, I would have a hard time being like, like, you really think that this isn't something that your company should be doing or you don't trust it, yet you let your company keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that. He probably doesn't have one. Yeah, probably not. He probably has something way more sophisticated. He probably literally has just human beings that are called, their name is Alexa, that he could just say out loud and ask them questions, and they just Google it on the fly. Probably. Probably literally yeah. just has a personal assistant. <laughs> like, he probably has multiple. Yeah, multiple yeah. assistants who do yeah. that for him. With just like speakerphone buzzers that he can just buzz in and be like, Kevin, I'd like a sandwich. Yeah, it must now. be, he must not be able to hire any personal assistants with the name Alexa. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my God. I wonder how many resumes they get for his personal assistant position <laughs> that people think that they're qualified just because their name is Alexa. There's probably a couple, three or four, for seven, ten, <laughs> ten a hundred. Ten. There's ten, 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 a thousand people. There's, there's, there's a thousand, a thousand of them. Can I, can I, can I talk about a really good subreddit that I came across uh, yeah, the other of day? Yeah, lay it on me. This new subreddit does not have a lot of things on it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it covers something that I'm very passionate about. Okay. And it's r slash Grandpa Joe hate. <laughs> okay. And the only thing on there is people who hate Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No way. Really? It's it's the only thing. Oh, my God. This is the most recent one, just titled Grandpa Joe. Like, to be honest, even though he is a lazy shit that should be executed, I got to admit that his mustache does make him look better. (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, that's amazing. (laughs) I love this subreddit. So I mean, much. dude, his suit is all ready to go once Charlie reveals his ticket. But I ask, who kept this suit clean? Certainly not old Joe. Probably made Grandpa George wash and hand scrub it for a measly handful of bread crust to go along with his soup that night. Fuck Grandpa Joe. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. The the angst of the was it R slash. Fuck Grandpa Joe. It's just R slash Grandpa Joe hate. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was I was a little more vulgar than Reddit allows. <laughs> Guys, when you think about it, Grandpa Joe is actually a decent, respectful human being. That's if you true. live in a fucking parallel universe where no one has any fucking morals or human decency. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. I came across this Reddit and I thought it was very funny. <laughs> How did you find this? So I found this because on on uh, today I learned they wa- there was a someone who wrote that there was another scene in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that mm-hmm. they got rid of, and no one has ever seen it before. Mm-hmm. But it was supposed to be a funny scene, and I, I don't remember what it was. But 
it was supposed to be funny. And people started talking about Grandpa Joe and how much of an asshole he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, then someone referenced this subreddit. And oh, I was just amazing. like scrolling through and it was kind of funny. I love that. That's awesome. God, the internet's so good. <laughs> it's so good, Skinky. Oh man. It's okay. No, it's great. I love I it. I guess I'm I guess I'm alright. Well, it's cool, I guess. It's it's good. It's good. It's good. Skinky. Yeah. Should we talk about food? Yeah. Okay. We've talked very frequently, very often, our opinions about it is very well known that sandwiches might be like the pinnacle of human food creation. Oh, I love sandwiches so much. I do too. I do too. I think though, I think though that we're kind of having like a second like revolution of food convenience and deliciousness. Mm, mm. And to me, I believe that's the flatbread flatbread really yeah 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 so it, it all started it all started earlier this year when i was doing the hello fresh meal prep boxes yeah um, you still doing that no i kind of i moved away from the hello fresh kits to just doing like meal prep on sunday because it gave me the flexibility to like a create cheaper meals and create much more servings so i'd be like oh, i'm gonna make six servings of like pasta with like meat sauce and then okay. eat it all week long and do it for a lot less money than what HelloFresh was charging me. Um, okay, and that's right. That's worked out much better. That's been that's worked out much better. Um, but when one of my HelloFresh meals, they kind of sent like a flatbread, like sausage and zucchini pizza, and I was like, "Oh, this was actually delicious." I was like, "I don't want to pay the prices that they're charging because I can go get flatbread, Italian sausage, pizza sauce." mozzarella cheese and zucchini for literally a fraction of the price yeah. um, and just make it on my own. And so I kind of do that. Like if I need a meal in a pinch, it's always like a nice weeknight meal. Um, but there's like, there's a large variety of like flatbread stuff. And it came to mind today when I'm going to tell you, I had possibly one of the best brunches of my entire life. Wow. I went to, I went to this place in Chicago that just started serving brunch and they had a, breakfast flatbread that had sausage bacon mozzarella cheese cheddar cheese and a sunny side egg on it and there's maybe some like garlic sauce in it and it was fantastic it was so incredibly good but it reminds me of the sandwich because it's got the convenience and ease of preparation like the sandwich and also one of the key elements of a sandwich is that you use the grains for easy delivery of condiments and food and preparation stuff to your mouth which is kind of what the flatbread does it gives you like a little a little grain boat to kind of deliver grain food boat. into your mouth huh so, but yeah i strongly recommend flatbreads you should that sounds should, great it does it's great and you can mix it up you can you can kind of make it however you want it's easy and like one thing is like homemade pizza is a a pain in the ass to do right it's like making the dough and all that kind of stuff and it's just like it's like no one likes to make pizza at home always just order pizza elsewhere but the flatbread gives you a nice kind of like stopgap it's not as good as pizza it's not the same thing but like it's also significantly easier so i recommend it i I think i want to do like but i feel like you could also take other type of stuff you do like like you could do like like a chicken pesto flatbread would be pretty good probably on there i don't know Uh uh-huh I don't know, with some mozzarella ever, and parmesan cheese. You ever have a flagel? What the hell's a flagel and I want one? 
It's a flat bagel. What's a flat bagel? It's What's a the, bagel between, between made a out bagel. of flat bread. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had one? No, because it, it just sounds like a regular bagel. Yeah, I was kind of say, I'm like, I'm waiting for you to kind of really like, I'm just like waiting you. for like, there's probably some guy out there who like, you know, he takes like that meat tenderizer. He just takes a plain bagel and just like starts hammering it at a table. Oh my God. That's that'd probably be what happens. We should probably do that. You know, when we open up our salad food truck, we can also sell oh, flagels. Yes, flagels. It'll be good. It'll be good. I, I believe. Uh, that I sounds believe. exciting. Yeah. You know what I think we should do next week? So what? I'm going to give you a week to prepare for this. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, I think next week we really need to have you try pineapple pizza. Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I think we do. I think the people need to know. Ah! I think I think you need to experience. This is this is great content here that we're just literally passing up for free. All the other YouTube channels and the the the, the podcast they're all stealing this from us because we're sitting on our laurels instead of doing it, Skanky. <sighs> How do we ever expect to be number one on the podcast charts? We already are in my heart. That's true. That's true. Why are we not number one in your heart? No, I just I always wonder if Ira Glass listens. <laughs> do you wonder if Ira Glass listens to this podcast? Yeah. You want me to give you the simple answer or the long answer? Uh long. No. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What <laughs> I'm just sorry, I'm imagining. <laughs> I'm imagining Ira Glass listening to this and just like the appalled look on his face when I Why said, am I listening to this bullshit? When I said, exactly, when I'm like, like, Skanky, what is anthropology? And he's just like, what is this? Like, like, yeah, you would have stopped listening a long time ago. Yeah, we are, we are the, uh, we are, I feel like realistically, Shenantics might be the dive bar of podcasts. Like I would agree it, with that. It's grungy, but it has character, and the people that are there, like they like each other and they like what it is, and it shouldn't pretend to be something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and then every once in a while, the hipsters come in and become super popular, and the person makes millions. So that maybe that'll be us too. That's possible. Yeah, so. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be Count great. me in. Yeah, so speaking of hipsters, you guys, that's been another episode of Shenantics. New episodes go live bright and early Monday morning, just in time for your workday, school day, chores. Whatever in the world you do, we'll be there to hang out with you. You can find the podcast anywhere you find podcasts, including the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and at our website at shenantics.rocks. If you have an extra three seconds, because we're ending early today, go leave us a five-star review on the iTunes store so other people, including Ira Glass, can find us and listen and be appalled. <laughs> if you have any comments or questions, you can send us a tweet at twitter.com slash shenanticspod or an email at shenanticspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to join the discussion, we have a Discord server set up, so head over to shenantics.rocks slash about and click on the invite link to talk to all the other Shenantics fanatics all week long. Skanky, where can they find, the, find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash skinky, S-K-X-N-K-Y, and on Twitter at iSkinky, I-S-K-A-N-K-Y, and Uncle, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash mcol underscore, M-C-U-L with the underscore symbol, twitter.com slash mcol underscore, and at instagram.com slash mcol underscore skanky. Real quick, you need to buy a bath bomb. They are amazing. Go take a bath. Uh, thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.